0: Dr. Sophie Nightingale, a lecturer in psychology. The underlying technology for all of these deepfake applications, so that be audio, um, still images, video, all started with generative adversarial networks, or GANs for short. We've seen phenomenal gains in how those. Uh, GANs are being used in terms of my work in particularly for creating generating uh, fake content whether that be audio whether that be video or just still images and we're at the point now where it's incredibly difficult and I've got experimental research showing that it's very very difficult for people to distinguish between real and synthetic faces and we're now moving into the audio and video domains in terms of that level of sophistication and I think that it's not going to be long before those also become near indistinguishable from reality. The Cyber Briefing, a podcast from Lancaster University's Security and Protection Science. We've seen a few examples of late, like quite high-profile deepfake videos, like the, the one of uh, President Zelensky basically conceding the, the war uh, and calling for uh, the Ukrainian troops to stand down. That was a deepfake. If you've seen it, you probably think, well, that's quite a crude deepfake. That's all right, I can I can tell that. The trouble is... Things are going at such a speed that we're not talking too far into the distance before, actually. It's very unlikely there'll be any perceivable, at least to the human eye, perceivable indicators in those videos, um, or audible indicators as well, because people use those too, to actually say conclusively, this isn't real. You know, and you can you can imagine the consequences, had that been, that particular video, had that been uh, accepted as real, I mean doesn't it almost doesn't bear thinking about the the consequences the cyber briefing the reason for these kind of deep fakes are really really varied it can be completely harmless fun it can be just as simple as oh i want to have a go at using this technology test my skills um, at machine learning i want to to see what i can do and i want to show off or you know it is it's incredibly impressive so you know show off perhaps isn't the right phrase but to, to really demonstrate people's ability to do this stuff and if we're sticking with the more positive uses for a second Hollywood anything sort of videos movies things like that they very much benefit from this type of technology you can create incredible uh, effects and things like that using these these types of technology I guess on the more negative side of things people can use them it might be to try to impersonate somebody um, like a CEO of a company asking an employee to transfer funds and giving authorization we've seen that actually happen for real hundreds of thousands of pounds transferred fraudulently just to mention as well at the moment there's, there's a research company that's been tracking deep fake um, videos online since 2018 and they've consistently found that over 90 percent of the videos at the moment are of non-consensual porn and again of those over 90% of women. So we're seeing other motivations, so other incredibly negative motivations for these kinds of, for using these kinds of technology. They're very powerful and the more, the more realistic, the more convincing that they get, the more power they have. That's why researchers like myself, we're investing our time and efforts into trying our best to detect these types of content. It's difficult. But I believe it's very important. You've Got an example? You mentioned Hollywood before. Just take us through the example you're about to play us, um, and just pose the kind of the challenge then to our listeners to try and work out which is which. I mentioned um, how deepfakes can be used for, um, you know, in Hollywood, for example. And there is a, an example online at the moment of a very, very good deepfake. It's, it's audio and video, and obviously we can only cover the audio bit here um, in the podcast. But basically what we'll do is um, play you two different clips, Uh, the same text being spoken, uh, but by two different Hollywood actors, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert Downey Jr. Now one of those is actually the actor himself, and the other is an AI synthesized voice. See if you can work out which one is which. See if you can tell which one is the real, Uh, one and which one is AI synthesized, and then we'll tell you at the end the the answer. I stand before you not as an expert, but as a concerned citizen. But as a concerned citizen. One of the 400,000 people who marched in the streets of New York on Sunday and the billions of others around the world who want to solve our climate crisis the cyber briefing it's already difficult to distinguish between still images that are real and have been synthesized and they're probably the most sophisticated at this particular moment they're the easier of the the options that i've mentioned to synthesize so it makes sense they've passed through the uncanny valley first audio and video they are certainly at this point if, you, if you're talking about the majority of those types of videos they're a lot easier or, or audio they're a lot easier to detect still at the, at the moment but technology is just advancing constantly and we, we sort of alluded to this earlier it's it's so rapid the progression that it's just a matter of time before audio and video really do join the the image counterparts and become indistinguishable from reality so there's been a fair bit of research looking into how we might embed watermarks for example within um, synthesized content or real content alternatively. Some research has found that if you with images again if you train a, a generative adversarial network if you train that using a set of images that already have a watermark embedded within them like a barcode type thing the new synthesized content learns along with everything else it learns that Uh, Barcode, if you will, and that would allow downstream people to be able to say very, very quickly, this is an image that's been synthesised by this particular model. This is an image that hasn't been synthesised by that particular model. Trouble is, you know, it's not necessarily a negative, but there are certainly negative aspects that a lot of the technology to be able to create these, to create these models, essentially is put out on open source. So it's it's put onto GitHub, for example, which allows anybody well, anybody with a a certain level of technical ability to be able to take that and to create their own models. So you can see how, even though that watermarking type approach is is a good idea, you can see how it might not be as effective as we we would like it to be. So we're continuing to work at other options as well. For example, uh, some of the work that I've done on uh, synthesised faces at this particular moment there are still artefacts that the synthesiser creates when it produces these faces. For example, it's not always particularly good at dealing with jewellery. So it might give one earring that's a hoop and one earring that's a stud, or it might put one earring in and not the other, which, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that that isn't necessarily what the person has done. They might have chosen to do that. But it's an indicator to suggest that this might be synthesised. You can sort of start to, to add that all up and get to the point to determine this is probably a synthetic image um, or this is probably a real image. So it's not 100% foolproof, but it's, you know, it's better than nothing, potentially. The Cyber Briefing, a podcast from Lancaster University's Security and Protection Science. When people know that it's possible to manipulate any content, any video, any audio, any uh, image, Uh, then we're into the realms of the the Liars Dividend. And the Liars Dividend basically states that in a world where anything can be realistically manipulated, it means that anyone can reject the existence of any inconvenient uh, recording. We we saw this in 2016 when Donald Trump, at the time a a candidate for, for president, the United States of America and he apologised for the misogynistic remarks that he'd been caught making on the Access Hollywood tape. Now a year later he's now President Trump and he deploys this liars dividend and he states that that recording was fake. So in, in that sense I think it really does matter and I think that being able to verify what's real and what isn't is the, is the core thing that matters. If we can't do that then it erodes trust in in our systems, in our societies, in our democracy, it, it sort of it takes away that underpinning trust, and I think that's why it really does matter. The interdisciplinarity here at Lancaster University is fantastic, and I think that, you know, we can't all be experts in everything, and to have colleagues that we can draw on to say, you know, I've got this idea and I can get this far with it, you want to come in and work with me to take it this extra mile or, or whatever that's invaluable like, that's how we make progress I believe in in science and that's how we can best protect ourselves in in, in a cyber world and for students as well it, it's incredible to have access to people with such sort of diverse skills and diverse interests and if you ask 10 people at this university you know how would you approach this or what do you think of this you'd get very different answers and None of them are necessarily wrong, they're just very different um, because we're all from very different backgrounds and, and have very different um, expertise. I, I love the idea of being able to sort of collaborate with people across departments and I think um, I'm, I'm doing it a little bit already and the more the more the better, I think, because there are bits that I can't do, there are bits that I perhaps don't understand, and to be able to really make leaps and bounds, we need to come together on a holistic approach to these problems, and, and that's what's super important and what we do really well here. The cyber briefing. At the beginning of the podcast, we played two different voices and told you that one of those was of a... A real actor and one was AI synthesized. Uh, so now I'm going to tell you which one was which, basically. Um, and what I'll do is I'll play the original video. So this was a deep fake video, so there's a, a, a visual element to this as well. Um, so here I'm going to play Leonardo DiCaprio. I pretend for a living. I play fictitious characters, often solving fictitious problems. So we stopped there before, but actually, if we carry on, you'll then see that it's actually, this is the real real video, essentially, the real voice. I believe that mankind has looked at climate change in that same way, as if it were a fiction, as if pretending that climate change wasn't real would somehow make it go away. So this is a clip taken from a speech that Leonardo DiCaprio was actually making. As I said, you can see the full video here as well. The way that this was created was using AI synthesis of voice, so a deepfake um, video in which the mouse still moved according to the audio that was being read, uh, but with overlaid, you know, different actors basically. So let me play a bit more of this one, and you'll see it switched not only from Robert Downey Jr. but also other people. So. We want to solve our climate crisis. As an actor, I pretend for a living. I play fictitious characters, often solving fictitious problems. So if we let this run a little bit more now, you'll see how uh, the creators have, have put in other synthetic uh, voices as well. believe that mankind has looked at climate change in that same way, as if it were fiction. As if pretending that climate change wasn't real would somehow make it go away and what's amazing is i know you can't see this because this is an audio the mouth moves along with the speech which is incredible and it looks so realistic that it's quite difficult to imagine how people are going to be able to detect what is real and what is fake uh, in the future a podcast from Lancaster University's security and protection science